Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Tumi Olaoshong is a London-based secondary school history teacher. She is also a youth leader at Jesus House. She is passionate about the body of Christ, building authentic and transparent relationships, and especially committed to serving the younger generation. She coined the phrase, because when we know better, we do better, which has become her guiding ethos. To me is the author of What They Don't Tell You About Being Single, and more recently, Relationshiping with God, a devotional which was listed on the hot new seller list on Amazon. She is also the founder of KBDB, Knowing Better, Doing Better, through which she encourages Christians to live unapologetically for Christ. Her down-to-earth discussions on everyday issues including dating and relationships against the backdrop of the Word of God strengthens and inspires Christians in their journey of faith. Please welcome Tumi Olaoshon to the Pursuit of God Conference 2021. Welcome Jesus House to day three of POG. My name is Tumi and I'm really excited to be here with you this evening. And wherever you're joining us from, I pray that you are blessed I pray the last two days have encouraged you, have convicted you, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you on change, change for the new. So what does that mean? If you want a title for this evening, I title it Fully Faithful, Fully Able. So Pursuit of God 2021. If you are a part of Jesus House or if you have been following us for a while, you will know that this is actually our third corporate fast this year. And in the month of March, we actually had our second one, which was called Birthing the New. And I felt as though this was a perfect fast for me. Just the night before Pastor Agu declared this um, corporate fast, I was telling my friend that for the season that I believe God is taking me to, I knew that I needed to take some time out and fast and pray. I needed to sow some seeds for the future. So I knew that if I knew what was best for me, I had to jump in into this fast. And that fast in the month of March was Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. And it was brilliant because it was telling us about the new. It's a scripture that we are familiar with. Remember not the former things. Do not consider things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I had declared these new things and I was grateful to be in a period where we were fasting and praying. In addition to that, Pastor Agu has been teaching on journeys into God's promises. And because of those teachings, I myself started doing my own personal study, starting with Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers. And I final, before Joshua, we end in Deuteronomy with the death of Moses. And then I was in the book of Joshua. So the whole month of fasting, praying, the new, it seemed to be very well suited for me. But nearly eight weeks, 
past our second fast, things started to seem a bit different, or should I say the same? Old mindsets were creeping in again. And perhaps you know what I'm talking about. You're looking at new situations, but you have old perspectives. You know, the last time this happened, the last time you tried the business venture, the last time you started talking to someone, the last time perhaps you and your husband were trying for a baby, it failed, it didn't work. You're seeing the new opportunities, but you're talking about it in old languages. I myself was very much in this category. Nearly eight weeks had passed as I was declaring the new, but I was sitting with my old thoughts. I was remembering past failures, and I was soon speaking old things in a season that I had declared was new. A few weeks ago, the Holy Spirit convicted me on this very thing. So when I heard that this year's pursuit of God was a new day of destiny, I knew again that God was up to something, is up to something. The Holy Spirit reminded me of all of the prayers, the declarations, the journaling that I had been doing, declaring that this was a new season. Again, he brought to mind Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. And he was asking me, if you had believed the new, were declaring the new, why are you thinking the old? Why are you looking at the past and expecting that for the future? I didn't know what to say. I felt convicted. I asked for forgiveness. I did not want to be responsible for speaking away the new that God is preparing for you and for me. And as I was talking to him about it, telling him why I felt this way, how the situation currently looked like before and before it was so bad, he showed me exactly what I look like when I say that I believe the new, but I'm really thinking of the old. And this is what we look like. Follow me. When we say that we believe the new, but really in our minds we're thinking of the old, Holy Spirit revealed of this is what I was looking like to God the Father. God the Father is in our future. He sees us, he's beckoning us, seeing us as perfect. Jesus, King Jesus interceding for us, the Holy Spirit beckoning us, telling us to come, like Peter and Jesus on the water. So come, and I say, Lord, I'm coming. I believe the new, you are doing a new thing. I perceive it. And then perhaps challenges come, or the changes aren't happening as quick as we think it's going to be. And soon we start looking like this. Yes, Lord, I believe the new. Amen, I receive it. That promise is for me. Yes, Lord, I'm coming. Yes, Lord, I believe the new. When we do that, when I was doing that, that's physically what I looked like. Saying I was going forward, but standing still. And at worst, even going back. So this year's pursuit of God, it isn't just the regular program. Things have to change. We need to tap into the mindset of the Holy Spirit when he tells us that there is a new day of destiny. And I believe this evening that someone who can really show us 
the manifestation, a physical demonstration of what it says in our anchor scripture for this fast, for this prayer, for this season. Songs of Solomon 2.13 is Joshua, son of Nun. So let us read together Songs of Solomon 2.13 and let's go into what I believe God has a message for you and for me. It says, can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? Early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers. There is change in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion. Run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. And just like our anchor scripture in our fast in, month, in the month of March, it's the same thing that God is asking us to do. There is a discerning that needs to be done. The question I'm asking you and the question that the Holy Spirit had been asking me is where is your mind at? Do you believe that God is fully faithful and fully able? Better yet. Do you believe that God is fully faithful and fully able to do it for you, for your household, for your family, in your church, in your nation? Because let's be honest, 2021, if we're going by the last six months in itself, the physical can blind us. What we are seeing physically can blind us spiritually. And that is why the scriptures time and time again tells us don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. I have found myself asking God regularly, daily to change my mind, change my perspective. Just like it says in Solomon, Songs of Solomon 2 verse 13. Lord, let me see what you are seeing. Let me see you more. Let me know you more because you see the whole picture. We know that we don't know the end of our nose, but we serve a God who knows the end at the very beginning of a thing. So if our perspective is going to change, if our discernment is going to change, then we need to make sure that we are upping our access into the word of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to transform us on the inside out. There are signs all around us, just like we have in our anchor verse. If we choose to see it, then we can behold it. We can discern and we can see the flowers that are blooming. The question that I have for you is what are you seeing? What are you seeing? So let's look at Joshua, son of Nun, a man who did not let the physical sight blind him. A man that knew God for his promise and he knew God to be fully faithful and fully able. In Numbers 14, we see the faith of Joshua that had long been before him before we see him in Joshua and his self-titled book, Joshua. He followed Moses as Moses followed God. He had solely decided that God was to be trusted and God was to be trusted at his word. He knew God to be fully faithful and fully able. So our first point for this evening is that for us to grasp our new day of destiny, 
both not just physically, but spiritually, we must know the promise and we must know the promise keeper. Numbers 14 from verse 6, it says, Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who spied out the land, they tore their clothes and they said to the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. And if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them. The Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Joshua was one of the spies who saw the land of milk and honey, and he knew that the Lord was faithful to be trusted. As we go on in the days, months to come, we must know as the body of Christ that God is to be trusted. We may not know all the answers, but we serve a God who does. And in a generation that may be like the people of Israel, like in Numbers, who are angry at the thought of pursuing something different, angry at the thought of going to a challenge, perhaps having to war for the promise. Joshua and Caleb were the ones who said, this is an exceedingly good land. He knew the promise because he knew the promise keeper. What are we doing to know the promise keeper? It was the only way Joshua was able to hold on to that promise. Our next point. Not only did he know the promise keeper, he held on to the promise. Now, out of that congregation in Numbers 14, Joshua and Caleb were the only ones who left the wilderness and entered into the promised land. Even Moses didn't see it. And so they had remained in, for, they had remained in the wilderness for 40 years. God didn't change his mind about the promised land. It was the people of Israel that refused to change their mind about God. In this new that we have been fasting and praying for from the first quarter of 2021, and maybe for some of you, you might have been for last year, three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. I'm asking you, let it not be said about us that we were the ones still in the wilderness because we refused to change our hearts and mind about God. Let us not be the ones who could not see past physically and did not enter into what God had already said was ours. Yes, the year has been challenging. Yes, the mountains seem to be getting higher, but our God is greater. Our God is fully faithful and fully able. And I don't know about you, but on that day when we have to meet our maker, I want to hear those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And we know that it's with faith that God is pleased. So let our faith rise. Keep our eyes off the mountains and onto the one who creates mountains and shatters them. Our God is mighty. He created nature for goodness sake. Joshua and Caleb went into the promised land because they held onto the promise. What you believe God is promising you, what you have claimed as your promise led by the Holy Spirit, I pray that in this conference, in this season, the Spirit of God will hold you accountable and say, no, we are not moving. We are holding him at his word. 
because he's fully faithful and fully able. Third lesson. Joshua followed God. He allowed God to lead him. And what do I mean? In the book of Joshua, God regularly tells him, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. That constant reassuring that God was with them. But into the promised land, this was a way that they hadn't been before. They hadn't entered this way. They had seen it. They'd spied out the land. But this new assignment, this new mission was new. And there was no doubt that they needed to follow the ark of the Lord. Joshua makes it very clear to the people in Joshua 3, 2 to 5. And it says, at the end of the three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people. As soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you shall know the way you should go, for you have not passed this way before. When I think about the plans I believe God has for me for this, for, for this next future, for this next season, I can confidently say that this is a way that I have never been before. And so more than that, that tells me how much I need to hold on to God. So I'm asking you this evening, what reminders have you put in place to remember that God is leading you? In this new day of destiny, it isn't a one moment thing. This isn't 21 days and then we go back to regular programming. No, this is this 21 days changes our regular programming. It, this is forever. As God led you in the proposal, the engagement and the marriage, so he's going to lead you every day after the wedding. We must learn to lean into him and follow him every single day. Whether if he's taking you to a new city, raising your children, giving you a new strategy for your kingdom business, a new strategy to impact the nations, we cannot just follow him at the beginning of the destination. We must learn to follow him throughout, in the everyday. You know, I'm a millennial. I am. And I've lived through the internet. And one thing that this, our social media generation that we really suffer from is this instant quickness. We want it right now. We post it, we see it, we like it, we want, the, we want the credits, we want the claim right now. But the other thing as well about this social media generation is that it gives the idea that every day is amazing. You know, I woke up like this, amazing, fantastic, brilliant. And let's be honest, every day is just every day. You still have to get up and if you're blessed enough, go to work. And in that every day of the mundane, we have to be obedient. We have to do as the Lord says daily. It's not just for the highlights and the points that we post on Instagram. It's the waking up in the morning to pray. It's the obeying your parents every day, even if they get on your nerves, even when they get on your nerves. It's the submission to your partner. It's the leading of those who you know are depending on you. It's doing the right thing when no one else sees you do it. That is the following God every day. 
We love the big moments, the flashing lights, the worship, the, the falling out and all of that. But after the lights go down and when everything fades, it's you and him. And sometimes he's waiting to see if you'll follow him. If you will evangelize that coworker, if you will go the extra mile literally by dropping somebody at home, if you will give a little more this month because you know that that friend, that neighbor, that person that you might not really like so much does need a bit of money. Joshua told the people, follow the ark. We don't know this way. I believe God is telling us this evening, follow me. You don't know the way you're going. You have the plan, the blueprint, yes, but really you don't know the way that you are going. So when he tells you to do something, let us obey, give, be quiet, don't retaliate to me. I'm learning. We need to follow him, not just in the big moments, in the small moments, leading us to our day of destiny, to our life of destiny. Amen. And our final point is that Joshua knew that this following was for a greater purpose. And the greater purpose was, yes, that the people of Israel would enter the promised land, absolutely. But it was for his name to be glorified. Our God is kind, so kind that even as Pastor has been teaching us through the journey to God's promises, that when he keeps his promises, God is glorified and out of his kindness, we too are also blessed. When we stick it out with him, when we remember and remain faithful to him, when we are obedient to him, when we're acting out his love language, which is obedience, when we are aligned in him, rooted in him, like in John 15, not only does he get the glory when the prayer points are manifested in the physical, but we too are blessed and others around us can see it. I hope you realize that the prayer points and the burdens that have been laid on your heart that you may think is impossible is not just for you and your household or for you and your area. It is for a much bigger purpose that that one random person that you may never know, you may never speak with, will see the glory of God in your life and ask about this God. He gets the glory. Salvation comes when we are faithful to follow him because he knows the bigger picture. Healing comes. Deliverance comes. Faith is restored and our God is glorified. Joshua 3 verse 7. God said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. In the next chapter, when he's talking about taking Jericho, he says to Joshua again, so that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty and that you may fear the Lord God forever. This new day of destiny, it goes beyond healing physically, it goes beyond meeting your spouse of purpose, your life partner. It goes beyond birthing children. It's so that all around us in the nations throughout the world would know that the hand of the Lord is mighty and that they would fear him. And Joshua knew that. Moses knew that. 
And I believe that that is what pressed him to keep on following and being obedient to that new day until they entered into the promised land. Jesus himself promises us in John 15, 7 to 8. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Family, it goes beyond us. It's so that the world, your world, your environment, may see that the hand of the Lord is mighty and that all will fear him. Amen. So as we begin to round up, what am I saying? I'm saying, let us get closer to God, storing his word in our heart daily so that we don't sin in unbelief because that is a sin. Whatever you need to do to get the word into your heart, that is what you need to do. Scriptures as your screensaver. Reminders on your phone. Writing post-its everywhere. Listening to the Bible in the car or on the way to school, work or whatever have you. Get the word in your heart. It's necessary. Store it up that we may not sin against the Lord. Once you've got the word in your heart, hold on to the promise that he has given you. Guard your heart. The times that we're living in is so uncertain. And if we stay focused on the physical, we will be blinded spiritually because it is scary. No one is denying that. So guard your heart. Confirm that our God is good and kind to you. Say to yourself that God is fully faithful and fully able for everyone, including yourself. Throw to him with your pain and don't internalize it. When I did the demonstration, that was a conversation between me and God. He said, why do you keep doing this? And I had to admit that there was some brokenness there. I had to admit that there was some maybe disappointment I was expecting in this new season because it hadn't worked before. And God is good and kind that even with our pain and our frustration, he desires to hear from us to tell us what he is saying, to heal us, and then go out there so that we may be obedient. Let him strengthen you. The battle is his. We are to stand firm. Follow him in your everyday. The same God that took you to that point will lead you through it and keep you through it. If he gave you the babies, he's going to ensure that you have enough grace to raise them to sleep, to wake up, to feed them and do the rest. If he's given you the job, he's going to give you the intellect, the ability, the strength, the tenacity to shine and to be salt and light in that area. If he's led you to it, he's not going to leave you there. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And finally, when it finally happens, it will be like it's a miracle. But remember, it goes beyond us. It is not just for our prayers to be answered. And yes, that is amazing. And praise God when they happen. But it's for lives to change, family. It's for the kingdom of God to be brought down on earth as it is in heaven. 
It's for salvation. It's for faith to be heard that hearts would be whole and souls would be saved and God gets the glory. Our new day of destiny is not just about us and it's just not the physical. God is greater than marriage. Amen. He wants his name to be glorified, that all may come to him and that none may perish. So allow him to use you in the everyday, holding on to his word, just like Joshua did. And so that's the message that the Lord has been sharing with me, reminding me on daily, have conversations with him in the car. Sometimes I break down and start crying. Like, Lord, you are fully faithful and you are fully able and fully faithful and fully able for me. So I'm going to hold on. Great is his faithfulness. And so before we wrap up this evening, it's only good that we pray, that we take what we've heard and pray it through. So join me in prayer. And we're going to be using our anchor scripture of this conference to pray through some prayer points. So our first prayer point is, Holy Spirit, renew our mind and our perspectives through the power of your word. In Songs of Solomon 2.13, the word says, can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? Father Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for your promise. Father Lord, we are asking that you would come, Holy Spirit, that you would come and renew our minds, that you would come and renew our perspective. Father God, you know everything before it's even happened and you know the heart of every person that is tuned in this evening and you know exactly where they're at. You know the thoughts that they think before they even think it. You know the words they're about to say before they even say it. You know the mindsets which are broken, the mindsets which are not of you. And Father God, we pray this evening that, Lord, that you would renew our minds, O oh God, as it says in your word. Do not be conformed to this world, but transform your mind by the renewing of it through the word, through the word, O oh God. And so, Father Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters, and I join in faith with them, O oh God, and I pray for strength and grace that they may receive it. I pray that they would receive the strength, receive the grace, hallelujah, to have their minds renewed. It may be uncomfortable, yes it may be unfamiliar yes they may be the only ones holding you faithful to your word but father god renew their mind oh god so that as it says in your word that we may be able to discern this new day of destiny breaking forth all around us father god i ask that you would come within us oh god come through us oh god and break those chains those chains that are holding us to thinking the old way father god i dare that through the blood of the lamb that you would shatter and challenge every thought that wants to exist itself against the knowledge of God. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you are more than able. You are fully faithful and fully able, able to change our perspectives. And right now I say thank you. Thank you, O oh God, for changing our perspective. Thank you, O oh God, for giving us a new vision, for giving us a new sight. It may be 2021, but we are seeing 2020, O oh God, because you are giving us new perspective and we receive it, Lord. We thank you, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Our second scripture is, Lord, encourage us, your children, to see the signs of your plans and purposes. You know, one man who I really, really, really admire is Bartimaeus. I don't want to call him blind Bartimaeus because he could see. 
But when he heard that Jesus was coming, it says that he shouted all the louder. And as he was shouting, the people around him were telling him to be quiet. Bartimaeus was able to see even though he couldn't see, he knew that the one who gives sight was around. And so it caused him to shout louder. Father God, we are asking, Lord, this evening that you would show us, that we would know, we would see. Yes, show us the early signs of my purpose and plans that you have. The plans which are bursting through. What may have been uh, an end of a job, uh, a final resignation. What may have been a shut door, oh God, is a sign, oh God, that you are having something better. What, what, what they have said was a rejection. What they said, I'm sorry, it's not going to work out. What they said is impossible, is a perfect breeding ground for a miracle. And so, Father God, as it says in your word, that the early signs of your purpose and plans are bursting forth, that the budding vines of new life are blooming everywhere. Father God, let us enable to see, oh God, the blooming that is going on in our lives in the spiritual realm. Father God, let us not be able to see just the physical of God, but break through and walk truly by faith and not by sight. Oh my God, I pray that you would change our eyes, oh God. Father God, I pray that we were able to see and discern the very challenges that are put in place to cripple us are the very things that are going to strengthen us in the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, I pray for my brother and sister. I pray for the family, oh God, who looks at their children and wonders, Lord, will they ever know you? Father God, I pray, oh God, that they would be able to discern, oh God, the small testimonies of changed behavior. I pray that they'll be able to see the changed behavior, oh God, and say that that is a testimony and that is the Lord working, oh God. I pray, Father Lord, that as a body, that we would not despise the small things and think it's nothing but be able to see the small things in which you are doing, knowing that that is a blooming. A flower does not just come out as a flower. It buds and then it blooms. Father God, enable us to see the budding which is leading to the blooming. Enable us to see the budding, oh God, which is leading into the blooming, oh God. Enable us to smell the new fragrance, oh God. We are not the same people, oh God. Father Lord, I pray, Lord, for some, for the gift of faith, Holy Spirit, that you would be able to dare, that they would believe, oh God, that they may be the first one out of their family to proclaim Jesus Christ, but through them, many will be saved in the name of Jesus. Father God, I thank you, God, that you are more than able, and if it's says it in your word and you are able to do it and so we receive it in Jesus name we pray amen amen and father lord like Joshua lord Jesus we choose to follow you we refuse to be wise in our own sight we don't know the way to go but lord we desire a higher place with you father god enable us to be obedient to take our eyes off just the physical, but thinking on eternal things. Enable us, as it says in Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. Your word says in Solomon 2, arise, follow me, arise, my love, my beautiful companion, run with me to the higher place. Now is the time to arise and come away with me. Father God, enable us to come away with you. Enable us, O oh God, to step out of what is familiar. Enable us to fo not follow the crowd, O oh God, but to come to a higher place with you. Father God, sometimes I feel that like I can be so focused on just this side of eternity that I forget that there is an eternity forever with you. And so, Father Lord, enable us to sow the seeds for eternity that's to come. Enable us to come higher, O oh God. Enable us to enlarge our tents, to stretch forth that we may know what you are calling us to and follow you higher, O oh God.
Father God, I come against every form of pride, every form of arrogance. And Father God, I ask, Lord, for forgiveness and for mercy, oh God, when I've said, no, 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 I've got it. I've got nine years experience. I've done this a while. It's not the first time of me being a parent. No, trust me, I've been married a long time. I know how these things work. Father God, forgive us when we have been arrogant, when we have been proud in our own sight, when we have looked into our hearts and we have decided what is right. Father God, we are coming back to you. Father God, we present the church back to you. We present the nation back to you, oh God. And we say, Father God, we want to follow you. Follow your word. Your word may not be popular, but it's powerful. Your word may not be what the popular consensus is, but it's what you say, oh Father God. And all you, and you are the only one who matters. Audience of one. So Father God, as leaders... As followers of Christ, in the places that you've placed us in, in our environments, maybe you're a head of department, maybe you oversee a team, maybe you are the one who follows the manager, wherever it may be, wherever you are, you have an environment that you are called to be salt and light, and therefore you must follow him because you don't know the way to go. Father God, we commit every plan, every strategy, oh God. Father God, we are coming back if we have gone ahead without you. Just like the people of Israel had to follow the ark of the covenant of the Lord, Father God, we are following you, Lord Jesus. Father God, we need you. We need you in this month of June, July, August, all the way through the end of 2021 and beyond. Every moment we're breathing, we need you, Father God. For the times are different, oh God. For indeed, it's a new day of destiny. And Father God, you are the only one who knows. And so, Father God, we trust you, the one who knows all things. We follow you, Lord Jesus. We follow you, Lord Jesus. We follow you, Lord Jesus. And Father Lord, you know, as we pray to follow you, it makes sense, Lord, to offer and to give a chance of salvation. That, Lord, for anyone who may have turned their back, for anyone who has known about you, like, yeah, I know God, but haven't confessed to Jesus Christ being the Son of God who died, who lived, who died for our sins, that we, he may make a way for us to come back to the Father and through his blood we are whole, that we are drawn near to God the Father and that through him we are made acceptable to God the Father. Lord, I pray that in this moment let souls return to you in the name of Jesus. Let hearts come back to you in the name of Jesus. As the prodigal son came back to the father with arms open wide, Father Lord, so you are a good and loving father. Father God, I want to pray for healing hearts right now for anyone who has seen God the Father as a tyrant, as someone who was mean, who was hard, maybe someone who's been hurt in the church previously, oh God. But Father Lord, I thank you that even right now you are pulling down scales, oh God, and you are giving them new vision to see you as the kind and loving Father that you are, seeing you as the Lord God, the Lord who is merciful, the Lord who is full of compassion, the Lord who is gracious, slow to anger, steadfast in love and in faithfulness, oh God, that is who you are. Father God, I thank you, oh God, that you are just and true in all of your ways. And I pray, oh Father Lord, that whilst there is time, whilst there is the time for repentance, that you would come to him. He is beckoning you, Father God. I thank you, oh God, that even for the one, oh God, not just the one, but even for the one, oh God, you have orchestrated everything this evening for the one. Father God, I thank you, oh God. Amen. Amen. And Lord, we pray 
And this is a serious prayer because sometimes I've prayed this and then things come to an end. I'm like, oh, why has that happened? But I know that it's because of this. Anything holding me back, sin, unbelief, unproductive habits. Father God, we pray against it now in the name of Jesus. For us to come away and to arise, we cannot be held down. Hebrews 1 tells us to lay and get rid of, lay aside every weight and every sin. If we want to arise, we cannot be weighed down. And sometimes we are our own worst enemy. We don't go to bed when we're supposed to, so we cannot wake up when we need to. We're not as energized as we meant to be because we're not feeding our bodies with the things that it needs to be energized. You know, we won't accept instruction and advice from those we want to accept it from. And so we are stuck in certain places. So Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that anything holding me back, including myself, Father God, in your mercy, deal with it now in the name of Jesus. Father God, open my eyes that I may see as we have been praying, oh God, to lay aside the weight. Maybe it's the weight of disappointment that has caused you to be looking back like I was instead of going forward like you said you was. Perhaps it is sin of unbelief, doubting him, questioning him. Can you really do it? Are you even that good? Is this really possible? Father God, whatever it may be, oh God, anything, oh God, that is holding us back, Father Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray, oh God, that it stops here tonight, oh God. We draw a line against it and we declare a bloodline, oh God, that it cannot even stand, that even when it wants to stick to us, it has to fall down because of the blood of the Lamb. The blood that is speaking for us to go forward, to go ahead. Father God, that even the church, oh God, yes, the body of Christ, oh God, too, will break back habits. Will break back from any cultural bounds. Any expectations of this is how it's supposed to be and it cannot be any other way. That we would move in the free flowing of the Holy Spirit. That we would be obedient when you tell us to do the things that is necessary. That the church indeed would be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. That the nations will run to the church and ask for the advice that is necessary because they see the power and the glory of the Lord in the house of the Lord. Father God, I thank you, O God. And I thank you, O God, that as you give us the ability to walk forward, that you're also giving us the ability to be bold, to speak that truth, that complete gospel of Jesus Christ. And just as Peter prayed, in the book of Acts, that you would look upon the threats, look upon the challenges and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you, Father God, stretch out your hand to heal. Signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus Christ. Father God, we do an exchange this, this evening. We lay aside our weights, our barriers, the sin, we come before you, we take up boldness. We walk in our identity in Christ Jesus for boldness for the body of Christ. Boldness to be a city on a hill in this nation. So just like you said to Joshua, God, that all may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty and the Lord is to be feared. Father God, you are mighty. I know it. We know it. Father God, let the world know it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.